Good evening. I wanted to give you an update on the current situation in Afghanistan. As you know, we were set to leave Afghanistan this month, and as we began the final drawdown, I made some critical errors. Namely, I underestimated the strength of the Taliban, and I overestimated the strength and capability of the friendly Afghan forces. This was my fault. And due to my mistake, the Taliban has taken control of Afghanistan. There are reports now that ISIS and Al-Qaeda are working alongside them. Unfortunately, there are tens of thousands of Americans on the ground there, as well as friends and allies of America on the ground. Now, these people, Americans and our allies, are all stranded. And that is my fault. But they will not be stranded for long. In the next 48 hours, America will be in control of most major airports in Afghanistan. Any resistance we meet from the Taliban or otherwise when we seize these airports will be destroyed completely and without mercy. From those airports, we will conduct rapid strike rescue missions until we have recovered and evacuated all our citizens, allies, and friends. Any person that interferes with these operations will be killed. We will also recover or destroy all aircraft, vehicles, weapons, and sensitive equipment that we left behind. Any person utilizing, guarding, or located in close proximity to these weapons or equipment will be killed. Once we have evacuated all friendly personnel and recovered or destroyed the weapons and equipment left behind, we will depart Afghanistan. But we will continue to monitor everything that happens in Afghanistan through our ground and airborne surveillance equipment. Terrorist training camps or activity will be targeted and destroyed. Gross violations of human rights will be stopped through overwhelming force. And any group in Afghanistan fighting for freedom liberty, and basic human rights will be supported through special operations forces and ruthless precision air power. We will continue that dedicated support until the enemy is no longer a threat to humanity or to the good people of Afghanistan. May God bless America and may God have mercy on the souls of our enemy, because we will not. What do you think of that, Josh? What do you think of that statement? Is he the fall guy? Is he the fall guy here? Is Biden, him is, is Biden sending him out? Josh is asking. Is Biden? Se- we'll get to that in a second. What do you think of that address to the American people? Powerful. Powerful. You like it? It's a little late. Well. That's one of my favorite human beings, Jocko. Now, most of you um, in the audience may not know who Jocko is. Jocko is the former team leader of SEAL Team 3. 
Jocko Willink is a best-selling author. Jocko Willink is a podcast host. Uh, he's a motivational speaker, and he is an all-around amazing human being. And that's what a man would say if he were president of the United States. Don't really know how else to put it. That's what a former Special Forces operator who is a leader would say if he were commander-in-chief. Not, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything. Everything's going perfectly. There's no mistakes. There's no Americans trapped in Afghanistan, Jen Psaki said yesterday. What are you talking about? Multiple Americans. Furious about that. Have you seen the British report? Man, there was a powerful British report from Afghanistan that was outside of the temporary UK embassy in Afghanistan where they were documenting all of these Afghans who were trying to get through to the British embassy. Now, again, this is like a temporary metal-walled embassy at the airport while the British conduct their operations there at Kabul. And the reports, I got to give the reporter credit. I don't have any idea who he is. He's sitting there in the crowd as people are trying to get in. People who hold UK passports, British citizens, were not allowed through. And what you heard consistently over and over again, the British citizens were furious with their prime minister. But everybody, everybody, without fail, was ticked off at Biden. Everybody. The Afghans were just trying to escape Taliban brutality. Were shouting all sorts of epithets at Biden. The British citizens were chastising Biden. The Afghans who worked with allied forces as interpreters and other aides supporting that mission there, they were chastising Biden. Everybody universally chastising Biden. You know, the British reporter, he ended his report with, these are people who were helping us in Afghanistan, and today we're closing the door in their face on them and their families. And he said, it doesn't feel very good to be British on this side of the fence today. That was a, that was a powerful report. It was also heartbreaking. And again, I am not calling, I'm not calling for a permanent military presence there of conventional forces. I've told you before how I would have done things, which is largely what was being planned by the Trump administration was scrapped back in February. It's always adorable to watch these people go, we've got to keep in mind that we would have been out of there in May if it were under Trump. It would same thing would have happened, only it would happen earlier. No, that is not what went down. That is not how things would have happened at all. A lot of people are they're in my live stream right. Jocko for president. Look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. There's a good chance that Jocko one day may run. And you know I've been watching his career for some time now, and Jocko is a guy who out of the gate would have my vote. He could lose it just like anybody can lose it, but right out of the gate, I would be Team Jocko. 
but I just kind of gravitate towards alphas that way anyway. But um, there's, I I don't. That's what a man would do if they were president, right there. Um, what is their what is their name? All right, uh, Ty, welcome to the program. Hi, uh, how are you doing? Doing well, man. What's so, up? I wanted to call about that speech I was just given. Uh, as as an Afghan vet, I've been and I also inherit resolve. I've done two tours in in lieu of that too. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I we do not need to be giving false hope. I pray that what he said is true. I pray we stick to it. But ask the Kurds what happened after we left Iraq. We've left our allies before, but I pray that what is said is true and we don't give this false hope again because the 14 years I've been in the military mm-hmm. have been a waste. Well, it, I, think, it, I, think that a, I think that a lot of people feel that way. And I want to clarify, Jocko is in no position in government. This is, this is Jocko on his Instagram, just in case people are confused. This is Jocko saying, if I were president, this is the speech that I would give. Right. We we haven't uh-huh. had a speech like that from the Pentagon. We haven't had a speech like that from any of the generals that are over there in Afghanistan right now. We haven't had a speech like that, certainly from Biden. And I think that a lot of people who served over there in Iraq and in other places feel the same way. Like, what was all of that effort for? It, very true. I, like, when I came home, because I, uh, I was there in 2009, 2010, during the Maja invasion, when I was in the Marine Corps. When we came home, everyone asked, you know, was it worth it? Kind of like the whole Vietnam issue. I told them. There's only two options that we have from this point. Get our man and get out or be there for generations. Yep. There's no there's no in between. And this the way the way everything went down, it's destroying the community of veterans, military personnel. I told my uncle the other day, I see how he felt when he came home from Vietnam. Granted, I didn't get spit on. I didn't get, you know, crap thrown on me, but I see it. I feel it. I hate it. Well, the thing that's concerning me now, and I'm starting to see more articles along the line that I, I said last week, and I don't know if you heard it. Most people don't re- most people don't realize that the fall of Saigon happened two years after we left the war. Most people don't realize that the North Vietnamese basically surrendered to us after Operation Linebacker One and Two. Most people don't realize they accepted all of our terms. Most people don't realize that the Vietnam War only continued nine months after we left the country. Most people don't realize that because the narrative was Republican Richard Nixon lost Vietnam. That was the narrative because it could be exploited politically. And now it is ingrained in our society. And I'm watching people on the right do the same thing to you guys simply to score a political win over Democrats. And it disgusts me. And it's, it's making me extremely angry watching that because you won your war. Everybody knows you won your war. It's still held sure. up as, as a, a pinnacle of military exercise. But it's not being spun that way because people want to get an own on some politician somewhere. And that's not fair to you all. It's not fair to the country. It's not fair to the rest of the world. And unfortunately, we're getting kind of mired down in that that political rhetoric instead of acknowledging the tremendous success that you guys did have for 20 years there and the lives that you changed for 20 years there. But unfortunately, you know, that's that story is being lost. I will say this, and I don't know if you've heard it, but some of the tribal areas outside of the major cities have have started to have some military victories against the Taliban. So we're hoping 
that they are rising up and realizing, hey, we have to do it ourselves. The Americans and the British and the Germans aren't going to be here forever. Right. And I, I understand like the, the military victories and all that stuff. Like, and I also understand the political loss. Like the thing is, is it, it is, it is a dividing tool. It's a wedge that is being driven into society. It's a wedge that's been being driven into the veteran community, all that. It's, it's, it's a waste of time and energy. And I honestly haven't been watching the news. I've been gone for training. I just came back from JRTC and stuff like that. So I'm completely out of the loop. I try, and I try to stay out of the loop. Every, every time I can catch your show, I catch your show. Well, I appreciate it, man. I really do. More than you know. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for everything you did. No problem. Thank right. you. You take care. You got more coming up. You start 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Just found out we're going to have the Attorney General on at uh, 5 o'clock today. Right, Josh? So Attorney General Todd Rokita will be joining us at 5 p.m. this afternoon. I uh, just played Jocko Willink's speech on what he would say if he were president. And friendly reminder, Jocko is not in government. He is the former leader of SEAL Team 3. Best-selling author, motivational speaker, podcast host, and if you don't follow Jocko, you should. One of my favorite human beings. Never met the guy. Still one of my favorite human beings. All right. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line is 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. To the phone lines we go. Thomas, welcome to the program. Hello. Uh, that was a rousing speech from that man. Yeah, Jocko's great. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to hear somebody speak that has a spine. The, the other ones we hear from, you know, it scares the devil out of me that those people that hate us so much are going to get all of that hardware to play with. They can do a lot of damage with virtually nothing and to have stuff like that at their hands. I mean, well, and, and here's the, you know, I think what the latest estimate is like $52 billion worth of hardware is now in the hands of the Taliban. Um, the good news is that the Taliban can't fly planes and they can't fly helicopters. So that's that, that hardware is lar- largely, if there's a bright side of this, largely just wasted money. Okay. Right. But there's up armed vehicles there. With crew-mounted guns, there's all of our rifles, there's our small munitions, there's drones. Yeah, the, the That's same. all in their hands, and they, they're capable of using that. The Taliban that you're, you're seeing walking around in Kabul right now, they're not carrying AKs. They're carrying M4s. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, depending on how much ammo got left behind, I suppose it's possible they could just run out of ammo, have to go back to the AKs. I don't know. Um, but for the AK fanboys out there, I would like to point out how quick the Taliban abandoned the AK platform for the uh, the M4 uh, once they had the opportunity to do so. Just um, in case you're an AK fanboy. <laughs> I, but, I'm not. They're, they're interesting looking, but they're, they're 75 years old. So there's well, better things that have come since then. Yeah, AK-74 basically you know, started going down the, uh, you know, the, uh, the AR platform route. But most people don't have 74s. You know, it's it's the handheld stinger missiles and things like that that yeah 
that it's the it's the big hardware. Yeah, it's the big hardware in the vehicles. You know, they they used to drive pickup trucks, and now they've got armored vehicles with you know armored turrets on them. Um, that's the problem, and you know they can drive those, they can use those effectively against the the civilian population or us if we stay past August thirty first. Look, this is my concern. People have asked me, like, you know, hey, what's what's going to happen if they're not out of there by August 31st? And I've said, if I were a commander on the ground there, I would be securing that entire area. Because if you're there at the end of August, they're going to start raining mortars down on you. And you are in a very precarious position. So I'm hoping that the military commanders have the the wherewithal to be setting up the ability to defend themselves against an attack. That would happen at the beginning of September, because if they're not, they're doing a great disservice to their personnel. Yeah, I had a foreboding about this whole thing, and it went as bad as I can imagine. So, well, I mean, uh, I hope you're wrong. I really I, do. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm praying for a miracle. Yeah, me too. Because it doesn't look good. But uh, all right, ma'am. Hey, it's always good to talk to you. Yep. All right. Take care. Bye. You know, it's like it's that a lot of people wanted me to comment on this when, you know, Kandahar and everything else happened. But, um, you know, it, it just it, it is it is. This is what happens when you have a military run by people who put military personnel in high heels so they can understand what it's like to be a woman in today's society. That's a real thing that happened. And this this is the type of, of mentality that you have at the leadership level. One of the things that has always set America apart from its adversaries is that we have a great leadership structure. This is one of those things that has always set us apart. And that leadership structure is dramatically compromised because of social justice warrior nonsense, political correctness, and everything else. We're running recruiting ads for crying out loud with cartoons about people with two dads. That's not how you recruit a military force of killers. And that's what your military is primarily designed to do. Are there people that heal and do tech stuff? And Yeah, 100%. But your primary purpose is to recruit fighters to win wars, not to meet quotas and demographically distribute your force along all sorts of arbitrary lines that are drawn up by some pencil neck somewhere who's never seen combat. That's not what our military is about. But unfortunately, that's what it has become. And again, I'm, I'm encouraged by some of the reports that I'm hearing coming out of Afghanistan from our troops, some of them going rogue uh, to go rescue Americans and things like that. I'm encouraged by that, but who knows what repercussions they're going to have, too. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. A couple of things. Trump is always being criticized for going it alone and not consulting our allies before yep. doing something yep. and you know getting a consensus. I didn't see Biden or hear Biden talking to anybody before uh, this whole thing came down. In fact, that's the number one complaint coming out of Boris Johnson in the U.K. is that he didn't know this was happening. The second thing I wanted to ask you is, okay, you know, if the takeover by the Taliban or Afghanistan was going to be inevitable, and we had people there and our equipment. 
if I were Biden, I would have made it a little painful for them by doing some drone strikes and a few other things and saying, hey, you're going to get the prize, but I'm going to make you pay for it. I'm going to take my prizes home with me before you get them. Well, and so here's the thing. What a lot of people don't realize, the Taliban have been, they've been advancing in some of those rural areas for over a year now, right? And yeah. once you gave up Bagram, you knew that they were going to move into Bagram and take that equipment. So if you were going to abandon Bagram, which I think was a mistake at the time that it happened, but once you abandoned Bagram, if you wanted to wait for the Taliban to get in there and Moab that bad boy and destroy the equipment and kill as many fighters as you possibly could from the Taliban and also send a, a message of hesitancy for them to move into any other city, that would have been a good tactical move in my opinion. But when you don't have people in power who are willing to drop Moabs, Trump's the only guy that's been willing to do it in combat. You you start running into these uh, these problems. Bagram never should have been abandoned. Ever. Yeah, the question you have to, the question you have to ask yourself, and I'll end this on a kind of a humorous note, is not what would Joe Biden have done, what would Dirty Harry have done? Oh, Harry Reid would have. I mean, no, Alec, I remember uh, Clint Eastwood from the Dirty Harry movies. Oh, that Dirty Harry. Sorry, Dirty Harry is is a moniker for Harry Reid too. <laughs> Yeah, dirty hair. Yeah. Or somebody like Jocko. You know, when you give the warfighters an opportunity, you know, I'm really curious. I am I'm very curious about what some of the other generals uh, under Trump who didn't like Trump very much. I'm, I'm curious as to what they're thinking today. I really am. One in particular. Most of you know who I'm talking about. Hey, I got to run, man. I'm on I'm on a hard break, but I appreciate the Thanks call. For having, thanks for having me. On. You bet. You take care. All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here. Former mixed martial arts champion Tyrone Woodley will be entering the boxing ring this Sunday to take on YouTuber turned boxer Jake Paul. FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers exclusive 30-to-1 odds on either fighter to win. Now, what that means is that if you haven't tried FanDuel, this is your perfect chance to try FanDuel for the first time because you can win $150 on a $5 bet. So if you bet on Tyrone Woodley, which unlike previous crossover fights like this, Tyrone Woodley actually knows how to throw a punch and has knockout power. Or if you really, really want to bet on Jake Paul, you can put five bucks down on Jake Paul. And, and regardless of how this goes, you can win 150 bucks. Pretty easy, right? That's, that's a great introduction to FanDuel Sportsbook. They're always finding great ways for you to win. It's one of the reasons that I love them. It's one of the reasons that I bet on them. Again, I'm using same game parlay, my favorite betting type on FanDuel Sportsbook. I've been talking to you about that for quite some time. I will be putting money on Tyrone Woodley. Uh, and as long as the fight's not fixed, I think he's going to win. <laughs> FanDuel, again, is America's number one sportsbook app. So don't miss your opportunity to win $150 on a $5 bet for either fighter to win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up with my promo code, Casey. That's C-A-S-E-Y. Download FanDuel Sportsbook promo code Casey. 21 and over in present in Indiana. Odds boost available for new users only. Must wager on designated boost market. $10 first deposit required. Max bonus $150. Risk-free bet refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See full terms for both of those offers at FanDuel.com sportsbook. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Uh, Afghanistan still the topic du jour that we are talking about right now. This all this all spawned about 40 minutes ago. I just started the uh, the hour with Jocko Willink's uh, speech on what he would say if he were president. And that went viral. And he's been given a ton of interviews on on uh, cable news because of that and everything else. But, you know, Jocko is a great dude. He is a great follow if you are interested in any of that. You know, one of the interesting things about Jocko is not only how smart he is and and the wisdom that he has from his experience in life. He's one of those guys that scares other special forces operators. And you will hear this over and over again when you talk with other other special forces operators. Doesn't matter what branch you're in, they all say that Jocko scares them. <laughs> Every single one of them says Jocko scares them. Um, he's just he's he's an amazing follow. I highly recommend it. But that speech is exactly what we need to hear right now. Unfortunately, we're not getting that from anybody who actually has a say in what's happening in Afghanistan. Back to the phone lines we go again. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line five seven four twenty five. 95, 95, three. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, it's good to be on. So uh, I used to fly around in AH-60s and 64s, so mm -hmm. definitely can guarantee none of them over there can fly them. Yeah. <laughs> but what I would be more concerned with is if we just left them, um, all the avionics that we left on yeah. board, yeah. any of the secured communication equipment, uh, that they would just sell that to, you know, anyone coming through on their northern border with, like, Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan, and then that making its way to Russia or the bigger threat, probably China. Well, and that's that's where I think everybody needs to focus here. China's the problem. Now, China reached out to the Taliban and congratulated the Taliban really early, right? And Afghanistan is very mineral rich and they've got minerals there that you need to manufacture electric vehicles. China has been trying to establish a monopoly, particularly on the continent of Africa with those cobalt mines and everything else. Well, if they build a really good working relationship with the Taliban, not only is the risk of, of technology falling into their hands, like you're talking about, um, which I would hope they pulled that stuff out and just left the shells. That's, but I don't know. And the other, the other aspect, though, is that China has the ability now to work with the Taliban and get these mines up and running in Afghanistan, and China can secure a near-universal monopoly on the manufacturing of components for electric vehicles. And that, that is something that, honestly, people don't want. They don't realize that it's a big threat, but it really is a big threat. Right. Um, uh I'm pretty sure there's a book about that from, uh, who's that really good? Tom Clancy. Uh, I swear he predicted everything. <laughs> Did Clancy write something about the electric vehicle thing? I didn't know that. Uh, well, rare earth uh, minerals okay. and how mining is, you know, a big part of any military operation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so. and what they've done in Africa has been, I mean, look, I have to give the Chinese credit. You know, we're focusing on Middle East and everything else, and China's just been building their coalition in Africa. Um, they, they are building ports for countries for free. They're giving them uh, wireless technology for free for mining rights. And these poor African countries who don't know any better, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we want Wi Fi. Absolutely. Meanwhile, China's building an electric vehicle empire. 
So as America progresses towards electric vehicles, China is going to control that entire market. We'll be at their mercy. Right. Yeah, they're good at playing the long game. Yes, they are. Yes, so, they are. But anyways, I just wanted to get your opinion on the uh, whole, yeah, you know, if we left the I, electronics look, and avionics because they could backwards engineer that pretty easily, I think. Well, I mean, look, Russia and China steal other countries' technologies rather than develop their own anymore, right? Uh, right. the, the the last three aircrafts that Russia has unveiled have been direct copies of American aircraft. Uh, China then steals the copies of copies from Russia and then makes their own versions of it. And while they look good and they do great at air shows, they're, you know, they have engine problems, they have avionics problems like you're talking about. So if we left some of that avionics behind, I mean, that could be a great leap forward for them in certain areas. And I, I would hope, again, this is just my, I have no information on this. I would hope that they would have been smart enough to at least pull some of that stuff out and leave just the, the basic aircraft behind. But I don't know that that's the case. Considering how this all unfolded in Afghanistan, who knows what they left behind? Yeah, uh, I still got a couple friends that are... Uh enlisted and deployed over there i might reach out to them yeah. and find out if they know anything i would love to know that because if i mean if they stripped them and then they just left the shells it's like okay i can calm down just a little bit but if they left some of that sensitive stuff behind that's one that's that's not par for the course i mean that's not what we were trained to do when i was in i'm sure that's not what they were trained to do as they came through either but um it would be a deviation from from normal procedure to do that but if that's what happened Boy, that is a that is a critical mistake. Right. All right, man. So, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'll let you get on to the next caller. All Thanks right. for having me. Thanks a bunch. All right, we got uh, more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I know y'all been waiting for a long time for an update of my bumper music. The folder has been built. It only requires me to uh, actually submit it to John. But the thing is, is that I know that John's going to go, I don't want to actually record these. I need you to record these. So I have to go through and do the recording and the downloading and get them all taken care of. So, uh, But the folder is finished for the new bumper music. So it's coming. It's coming sooner rather than later. Back to the phone lines. We have Tim. Welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. I appreciate the job you're doing for the service to this community and to our country right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. What's on your mind? Uh, I just have to say that uh, one thing people I wish that they would think about, and I'm not, a, you know, the, the, no matter what aisle, side of the aisle that a person is on, I just want to put out one thing. If I... I were a commander in chief, it'd be reasonable to assume that this would be the most important, well thought out decision I would ever make in my career. And I want to put this out there. What if this was the most careful, well thought out decision that our current administration is capable of making? And this is the result about pulling out of Afghanistan and how it happened. What if this is the best that we have to so, offer? There's two lines of thinking that I've seen along with what you're saying. One, this is the best that they are capable of. 
The other is they want to destabilize Afghanistan again. Um, and, you know, perhaps there's some truth to both. I don't know. You know, you, you'd certainly hope that that wasn't the case. Uh, but then again, if you look at the the history of Biden, let's just for a second assume that Biden is in control. OK, you look at the history of Biden. This guy's wrong about almost everything foreign policy wise, especially when it comes to conflicts. The guy is just wrong after wrong after wrong after wrong. So this would be part of the course. Or wrong on purpose and just trying to spread that information. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's another, that's another angle for this. You know, the reports that we're hearing that Kamala is getting furious that people are trying to pin this on her. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, look, it, it, here's the thing. Kamala is not qualified to handle anything like this. I think everybody knows that. But there should be people around Biden, people around Kamala that could give this advice. And when I listen to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, when I listen to General Milley, when I listen to the Pentagon and Kirby and everybody else, when I listen to them, as a veteran, these are not people that inspire confidence. And Well, there there it gets back to Jocko. Jocko doesn't scare me. Jocko inspires me. Oh, yeah. Jocko's amazing. You know, and and the military is full of Jockos. Like, there's a lot of Jockos in the military, full of them. The problem is that they're not allowed to talk to you because they'll lose their jobs <laughs> over it, right? They'll, they'll get court-martialed for it. They can't get involved in the politics of it. And, you know, you can call a radio show anonymously, but you can't speak from a position of authority. You can't, like, there was that, you know, that soldier who was videotaping all of the chaos at the airport on the first day. Right. You know, we don't know a lot about that guy, do we? He didn't say a lot in that video, did he? He just said, I got to document all of this. Uh, and the reason oh, for that is if he gives his opinion there, he's in trouble, you know? So I can tell you from experience, I have fought that battle personally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, all I'm just saying is that, you know, push come to shove. If this is the absolute best we've got right now, and you compare that to somebody that was trying to mess everything that they touched up on purpose, there wouldn't be a whole lot of difference. That's true. That is very, very That's true. I mean. Hey, look, thank right. you so for much for what you're doing. I appreciate, I appreciate it, man. It. You take care. You know, yeah. look, I, here, here's here's the thing. I'm going to give you a. I know that most of you probably realize this. I'm just going to condense this down into a bumper sticker, if you allow me. There are two groups that win here: the Taliban and China. Nobody else wins. With what's happening in Afghanistan right now, two groups win: the Taliban and China. Now, let me ask you a question: Is that good or bad? Is it good or bad that only the Taliban and China win here? I know that a lot of people have drawn some comparisons with everybody else and everything. Look, Angela Merkel has admonished Joe Biden. Boris Johnson in the UK has admonished Joe Biden. Angela Merkel, again, the prime minister of Germany. Um, Our allies are furious. They are absolutely furious. And as a caller pointed out earlier, You know, Trump was always accused of doing things unilaterally and not getting approval from the allies and everything else. So where's where's that coverage? I mean, that coverage isn't there. Now, I will say this. There are lots in the media that cannot hold Biden's water right now, and they are actually doing their job. Uh, But there's not a lot of them. But there are some. Not a lot. And right now you're running into a lot of newspaper columnists, you know, big wigs like Krugman and others that are out there going, this was a flawless exercise. And 
Biden deserves tons of praise and credit for how amazing this is. It's weird how the only people praising him in the entire world are the Taliban, China, and a couple of reporters for like the New York Times and the Washington Post. Weird how that is, right? I wonder, wonder why. Oh, some of those reporters that are praising him also took money from China. Shocker. Guess who else took money from China? The whole Biden family. I'm not saying that this is a tinfoil conspiracy. I'm just pointing this out. Todd Rokita coming up next.